How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. This is going to be the final House of Horror Podcast of the Halloween season. Of course, tomorrow is Halloween. I'm doing another solo show, and today is the day the episode is supposed to go out. So I think that's going to be a little bit of my uh, Halloween tradition for the last episode of the House of Horror Podcast to be a solo show and to release it on the day that it comes up. And it just so happened that... Um, the podcast is coming up on the day before Halloween this year and last year. Last year, of course, it was the uh, My Horror Story, where I went into how I became interested in horror films, what some of my favorite horror films were. Um, during my adolescence and childhood, that sort of got me to the point where I am now. Um, and this year, it happens to be Friday, so of course we're doing another 15 Phenomenal Facts video. Um, of course, this year I only did one 15 Phenomenal Facts video, that was the traditional style, and the rest were commentaries, reactions, stuff like that. Um, and I'll get into that in the behind the screams if I ever do one of those episodes. But again, we're doing something different, I always want to try new things with the show. Um, so today is not unlike the rest of the 15 Phenomenal Facts, except for the Carnival of Souls traditional one. Because today it's just going to be a regular podcast. It's not going to be a commentary. It's not going to be um, a video. It's just going to be a straight up podcast. Um, I'm going to try to not make this podcast too, too long for you guys. Maybe it's, it'll be a mini episode, but who knows? You know, when I get on the mic, I just start talking and it could be an hour. Um, but I'm going to try to keep it at an hour or less. Um, but of course, if you've seen the runtime of the video, you know if I failed or succeeded. But me, in the process of recording the video, I have no idea if it's, how long it's going to be. Um, but of course, once the video's up and it's on Spotify and stuff, you'll get the runtime. So if this goes over an hour 15, I owe all of you guys um, a Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I owe you guys something. Um, but I just wanted to take a quick second and before we go ahead and get started with the 15 phenomenal facts just wanted to say thank you for all you guys for checking out all the videos and podcasts this month um this year was a little bit of a difficult year to get everything out there um so i really appreciate you guys taking the time to check out my videos i finally hit 900 subscribers over on youtube so the next step is a thousand man that's the next goal so if you happen to be listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, just sort of spread the word about the House of Horror, man. Let people know about the show um, and what episodes you guys enjoy. Um, and let them know to subscribe to the show because it really helps me out a lot. I am really trying to get a thousand subscribers on the channel. Um, and just keep going. I mean, someday, who knows how many uh, subscribers and stuff I could get, but hopefully... Pretty soon I'm at that 1,000 mark, um, so that'll be like the next big milestone. Um, so I just want to th once again say thank you for all you guys for listening and watching to all of the stuff I've been putting out this month. Um, and I want to say thank you yet again to everyone who helped contribute to the show. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this um, if it wasn't for all you guys. Dynamite Jared, uh, Miles the Midnight Jester Mandroid, my illustrious wife Emily... Mazer Laser, uh, everyone that was on the House of Horror podcast, uh, Tony Massiello, Jenna Kramer, uh, Steve from the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic, and Perry from Perry and the Paranormal. I um, just want to say thank you for all you guys for contributing to the show. Again, I would have loved to have more guests on the show, um, like have Aldo Pryor return and some stuff like that. But, you know, just like with COVID and stuff, it's a little bit more difficult um, to sort of pull these things off safely and all that. Um, and yeah, 
So I don't want to harp on that too much, but I just wanted again to say thanks to everyone who has helped produce the show, everyone who has watched the show, and everyone, even if it's just a like on Facebook or whatever, just thanks for everyone for help and support. It really means a lot to me, you guys. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I mean, I do have been struggling with depression for my entire life, so just sort of doing this stuff and getting some positive feedback from you guys, it really means a lot to me, and I genuinely appreciate everything. So, without further ado, as I said, today is the day before Halloween, and tomorrow is Halloween. So, we're going to be going through 15 phenomenal facts about Halloween. Um, of course, last year I did 15 phenomenal facts about Halloween the films, um, but we're talking Halloween the holiday. Um, a lot of people celebrate Halloween, um, but I find a lot of, a lot of people re don't really know too much about Halloween, how it got started... Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to do some facts about Halloween, man, um, just to, I don't know, I just felt like doing it. I don't really need to explain myself why I'm doing it, I just felt like doing it. 15 phenomenal facts about the Halloween holiday. Um, because yeah, I mean, everyone knows the origin of Christmas, I mean, Jesus and all that, it's the same thing with Easter and the resurrection, but Halloween, how did Halloween get started and we're going to get into that today um so of course we're going to be looking at 15 of the most uh, i don't even remember the intro to these today we're going to be looking at 15 of the most interesting facts about this illustrious holiday that maybe some of the most hardcore fans and celebrators of the holiday don't know and of course there are a plethora of facts about the halloween season out there um so obviously i can't bring them all up in this video so, if you guys know any awesome Halloween facts, let me know down in the comments section below on YouTube or tweet at me if you're listening on Spotify or whatever. Um, because there's tons of them, man. Because um, when I was doing research for this, I saw a lot. Um, I did a lot of research. on. Well, I don't want to say I did a lot, a lot of research. But I looked at a lot of sites. I mean, there's articles on, like, Business Insider, um, Good Housekeeping, Wikipedia, of course, and some YouTube videos um, helped me get some cool facts out there. Um, like Matthew Santoro's videos, um, and just all kinds of stuff. I mean, I learned learned a lot about Halloween, so I'm sharing 15 facts. This probably could have been 50 facts with everything I was looking at, um, but we're going to go with 15 of just some of the stuff that I felt like talking about. Um, I actually had 20 written down, and I cut five of them. Um, so yeah, we're talking 15 phenomenal facts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So, as I mentioned, Halloween, how did it get started? How did we come to celebrate this Halloween holiday? Because, as I said, like, there's no, um, most of the mainstream holidays in America are either tied to America, like, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, you know, it's all American, blah, 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 bullshit that I don't really get into. I mean, I love... I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving food. I don't really love what Thanksgiving stands for, um, at least its origins. And same with Fourth of July. I mean, yeah, America's great or whatever, but, you know, it's pretty bleak right now. I will say that. Um, but Halloween um, doesn't have its ties in America. Um, and as I said, the other holidays that don't really tie with America, like Easter, Christmas, I mean, you guys know how all those came into be. But Halloween is actually derived from the festival of Samhain, and it's spelled Samhain, if you wanted to look it up, but it's not pronounced Samhain, <clears throat> it is pronounced Samhain, 
make sure you're looking up the holiday because there's also a Glenn Danzig band called Sawin. <laughs> but um, it's an old Gaelic Celtic holiday um, from thousands and thousands of years ago. No one really knows like the exact date that it started, but I think it predates Jesus and all that. Um, it's a very, very old holiday. Um, it's a festival marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter or the darker half of the year. Um, as Steven said in um, the podcast about the Witchcraft Museum, this is sort of going into the darker half of the year where we celebrate like the undead and stuff like that, the underworld. Um, but yeah, so traditionally it's held on the 1st of November, but the celebrations usually begin in the evening of October 31st. So that's where Halloween night comes from, October 31st in the evening. Um, usually begins at sunset. Um, it's about the halfway point between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. And yeah, it's widely observed back in the day through Ireland, Scotland. Um, and similar festivals are held this time of year, even today. Um, but we'll get into a little bit more of that later on. Um, but yeah, it's believed to have Celtic pagan origins, and there's evidence that it's been an important date since ancient times. So as I said, like before Jesus, before all that. Um, and a lot of the things that we know about Halloween really came from this festival. Um, it's Samhain was celebrating the time when the wall between our world and the world of the paranormal was the thinnest and spirits could potentially get through. Um, and because of this belief, it was very common for the people of the time, the Celtic people, to wear costumes and masks during the festival in order to ward off the evil spirits or to confuse the evil spirits um, into thinking that they were spirits themselves. Um, this is also where we got a lot of the classic Halloween symbols that we see every year, um, such as like black cats, spiders, bats, um, all of that good stuff, once again came from the festival, sorry I burped, I'm not cutting it out, came from the festival of Samhain. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's just like today, like these symbols were just as important back then as they were today. Um, their ties to Wicca and all that. They're, it's a big spooky history with black cats, spiders, and bats. Um, all three were f thought to um, be familiars of witches in the Middle Ages and were often associated with bad luck. Cats themselves were often used in Samhain rituals in order to predict the future. Um, bats are even further connected to Halloween by the ancient Samhain ritual of building a bonfire, which drove away insects and protected... Um, the people. Um, it drove away insects and attracted bats. And yeah, like, this is also where we got the bonfire. This isn't part of my list, but the bonfire, like the concept of a bonfire, um, was derived in the Sawin festivals. They would have these big fires in the town. People would dance around the fires, and that's where the whole thing would start. Um, they weren't originally called bonfires. That came way later. But this was where... The concept of a bonfire, I mean, everyone has bonfires now, like frat parties, keggers, campouts, shit like that. But this is where the bonfire, not like a little campfire, but like a big bonfire of celebration really came from. Um, and back then, I mean, they would do sacrifices of crops, sometimes small animals. 
um, in order to appease the spirits and um, ensure a good harvest for the following year. Um, I don't think a lot of that goes on today. I mean, maybe people sacrifice crops. I don't think people really sacrifice animals anymore. But, um, yeah, it was just the veil between the world of the living and the dead becomes the thinnest. It's the celebration of the harvest, and it's getting ready for the winter season. Just spooky vibes all around for Sawin. Um, and that's why that is our first fact. So where Halloween came from, it's from the, the festival of Samhain. For our second fact, Halloween is still the Wiccan New Year. Um, so it's, yeah, it's still celebrated today. Um, it, again, it, it originated from the Celtic tradition called Samhain, the Wiccan New Year. Um, it's a festival, um, and they, um, use it as their New Year's celebration. Because as I said, like, back then it was a celebrating the end of the harvest, end of the crops, and the beginning of winter, so it's the start of the New Year. So, in some Wiccan cultures, this is their New Year. It's not, I mean, the calendar New Year changes still, but it's similar to, like, you know, the Chinese New Year, it's not on New Year's Day, and stuff like that. So, as far as the way Wiccans, some of them at least, not all of them, celebrate Halloween, it's their New Year's celebration. Um, they would, um, sometimes they have, like, tables, and they'll leave out empty spaces set for the souls of the dead to come and join them at the feast. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's still still celebrated today um, in some Wiccan circles and covens and stuff as the new year. So, very interesting. I mean, that gives another reason to celebrate other than just uh, candy and stuff like that. It's the celebration of a whole new year in some cultures and traditions. So, but how did Halloween get its name? Because we don't call it Samhain. Um, so Halloween actually comes from <clears throat> Catholics and Christianity. So that's where the, sort of the, the religion ties in to change into Halloween. Like the physical name of Halloween. Um, so Halloween, back in the day, <clears throat> is a three-day Catholic holiday where saints are honored and people pray for the recently deceased. Um, so at the turn of the 11th century, it was decreed by the Pope that it, that it would last from October 31st until November 2nd. So October 31st was called All Hallows Eve, um, and it was most likely determined to be this day because that's when Samhain was celebrated, and the church was trying to convert the people from these pagan religions and from all this witchcraft, the Celtic culture, they were trying to convert them into Catholicism. Um, so All Hallows Eve was what they called the holiday of October 31st. Then eventually that evolved into All Hallows Even. And by the 18th century, it was commonly just referred to as Halloween. Like hollow, like H-A-L-L-O-W-E, then like a, a dash, Een. So, and nowadays it's just all put together Halloween. Um, so yeah, it's became of Christianity, All Hallows Eve, time to celebrate the spirits, and yeah, so that was like a long time ago, the 11th century, so that's a long time ago. So it's been a long time since people have been celebrating the Halloween season and stuff. Um, and what are some of the things you guys typically associate with Halloween? Um, we mentioned black cats, we mentioned spiders, ghosts, um, bats, but 
<clears throat> what is like one of the most popular Halloween decorations of all time? Jack-o'-lanterns, right? Pumpkins that we carve, we put a candle in them, we make like a funny face on the pumpkin. And surprisingly, I am very, very bad at carving jack-o'-lanterns. Little fun fact about myself. I love everything about Halloween. I love the vibes. I love the weather. I love the colors. I love um, just the spooky atmosphere, everything. And I love the look of a jack-o'-lantern, but I am terrible at making jack-o'-lanterns. So I, me personally, I do not like making jack-o'-lanterns because I'm really, really bad at them. Um, and I hate like digging out the guts and all that shit. Um, for me, I do not like jack-o'-lanterns at all. Um, at least me making them. Once, once I get, I mean, once I, basically once I take out the guts and stuff, I'm fine. But if someone were to give me a pumpkin that's already all hollowed out and all I had to do was do the face, I'd be golden. Um, but I hate everything leading up to that. Um, but yeah, I've sidetracked, but fun little fact about myself. But maybe I would have liked it a little bit better if we still carved jack-o'-lanterns out of what they were, were originally carved out of. Because they were carved out of turnips back in the day. If you've ever looked up an old picture of a jack-o'-lantern, it kind of looks like the Gibdo mask from Majora's Mask. It's like a mummy mask, but it's like this turnip. And the turnips look just like way creepier than the pumpkins we use today. Maybe, I mean, that could be part of the reason why we switched to pumpkins. It's not the only reason. But the old turnip jack-o'-lanterns, which is our fourth fact, um, we used to carve turnips instead of pumpkins. Um, yeah, they look really creepy. I mean, nowadays it's one of the most visual representations of Halloween is the pumpkin jack-o'-lantern. And the origin of carving jack-o'-lanterns actually predates America, as the holiday does, actually. Um, where people over in the European countries and stuff like that, they would use, they would start carving these jack-o'-lanterns out of tur turnips. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next fact. Um, but when immigrants brought the tradition over to America, the pumpkin was native over here and was more readily available than turnips. And so the jack-o'-lanterns that we know today were kind of born because of that. Um, and pumpkins are actually fruit, by the way. They are not vegetables. Um, but yeah. So, pumpkins were much more widely available. This is the time of the year when they grow anyway. So, it just made sense to switch over to pumpkins. And plus, it matches the fall colors better. Um, of course, black and orange. Um, the pumpkin fits in with the orange. And if you put it out at night, it's black outside. So, black and orange, the essence of Halloween. But yeah, they used to be turnips, man. The turnips were really fucking creepy. Maybe one year I'm going to have to get some turnips and carve a jack-o'-lantern out of a turnip just for historical accuracy. Um, but how did the jack-o'-lantern get its name, and why did they use turnips to begin with? Um, and that's going to be our fifth fact. We're going to be talking about how the jack-o'-lantern got its name and the origin of jack-o'-lanterns. But first... Alright, so we're back. So as I said... We're going to be talking about the history of jack-o'-lanterns, how they got their name, and it comes from an old Celtic folktale about a stingy farmer named Jack. Um, and it basically is a story about how Jack... Um, actually, I, I'll pull up the story real fast and I'll just read it for you guys, um, just so we get the story of Stingy Jack. He was also called 
um, Drunken Jack, Flaky Jack, Jack the Smith, or Jack of the Lantern. Um, it is an old folk tale. As I said, there's many different um, interpretations of it throughout the years. Um, but I'm just going to read this story that I have online right here. And um, it's from the Wikipedia page, obviously, if you're wondering where I get my uh, got my fact for this one. Um, and if, there's other stories online. Um, I saw a lot of different ones, but this one I felt was, I don't want to say the most accurate, but it was more the most concise. And with getting all the information out, there were some stories online that got the some of the information out in like a short story. But I wanted to get the majority of the plot points in there for you guys. So that's what I'm going to go with this Wikipedia article about it. And I realized that I've been going on a while with these facts, so I think this is the last one that's kind of like a long fact. The, ra the rest will be a little bit quicker here. Again, I want to see if I can not go over that hour 15 mark or whatever uh, whatever mark I said at the beginning, um, so I don't have to buy all, what, like, five of you that listen to this a uh, Red Bull? <laughs> but we'll see. So, <clears throat> as the story goes, several centuries ago, amongst myriad towns and villages in Ireland, there lived a drunkard known as Stingy Jack. Jack was known throughout the land as a, de as a deceiver, manipulator, and an otherwise dreg of society. So he was basically a fucking bum. Well, not a, not a bum as in, like, a homeless person. I mean, he could have been homeless. But, like, just like a sort of, like, sneaky and shady guy. Um, all around the town. Um, on a fateful night, Satan overheard the tale of Jack's evil deeds and silver tongue. Unconvinced and envious of the rumors, the devil went out for himself, and he went. He wanted to find out for himself whether or not Jack lived up to his vile reputation. So typical of Jack, he was drunk and wandering throughout the countryside at night when he came upon a body on his cobblestone path. The body, with an eerie grimace on, his, on its face, turned out to be Satan. Jack realized somberly that this was his end. Satan had finally come to collect his malevolent soul. So Jack made a last request. He asked Satan to let him drink ale before he departed to Haiti. Um, Hades, as in the underworld. Um, finding no reason not to acquiesce the request, Satan took Jack up to the local pub and supplied him with as many alcoholic beverages as he wanted. Upon quenching his thirst, Jack asked Satan to pay the tab for the ale, much to Satan's surprise. Um, so Jack convinced Satan to basically transform into a silver coin with which to pay the bartender. So Satan complied, he did so, impressed upon Jack's unyielding, nefarious tactics. Um, shrewdly, Jack stuck the now transmorphed Satan coin into his pocket, which also contained a crucifix, and the crucifix presence kept Satan from escaping this form. So Satan was basically stuck as a coin in the guy's pocket. Um... <clears throat> In this course, Satan who agreed to Jack's demand in exchange for Satan's freedom, he had to spare Jack's soul for ten years. So in order for Satan to in order for Jack to let, let Satan out of his pocket, um, he had to let Jack live for another ten years. So ten years later, to the exact day when Jack originally struck his deal, he naturally found himself once again in the presence of Satan. So Jack happened upon Satan in the same setting as before. And he seemingly accepted that this was his time to go to Hades, the underworld, for good, to stay there and to finally die. 
So as Satan prepared to take him to hell, Jack asked if he could have one apple to feed his starving stomach. Um, foolishly, Satan once again agreed to his request. And as Satan climbed to the top of the branches of the nearby apple tree, Jack surrounded the base of the tree with crucifixes. So Satan, frustrated at the act, he had become entrapped once again, demanded his release. As Jack did before, he made he made a demand that his soul never be taken to Satan by never be taken by Satan in the Hades, and Satan agreed to get out of the tree and was set free. So apparently this Satan cannot teleport, and he's repelled by crosses like Dracula. <laughs> um, eventually, eventually, all the drinking took its toll on Jack. This was significantly after, and he died. So Jack's soul prepared to enter heaven through the gates of St. Peter, but he was stopped, and Jack was told by God that because of his sinful lifestyle and deceitfulness and all of his drinking and treachery, um, he was not allowed into heaven. So Jack went down to the gates of hell and begged to be admitted into the underworld, and Satan, fulfilling his obligation to Jack, could not take his soul. So Jack is in purgatory, basically. Jack can no longer enter heaven, and he can no longer enter hell. Um, so to warn others of his fate, um, Jack carried around a lantern for eternity. Um, Jack was given an ember, um, making him a denizen of the underworld, of the netherworld. And from that day on until eternity's end, Jack is doomed to roam the world between the planes of good and evil with only the ember inside of a hollowed out turnip. Um, actually a very large rutabaga, but a turnip. Um, so if you're going to carve a turnip, make sure it's a big rutabaga to light his way. So basically you have an undead, well, I guess not an undead. It's a, it's a spirit. He is dead. Just wandering eternally, wandering eternity forever with a jack-o'-lantern. That's why he's called Jack of the Lantern. That's why we call them jack-o'-lanterns. And he's basically cursed to wander eternity carrying this hollowed out turnip. So that's why we call him jack-o'-lanterns. Very long story on why we call him jack-o'-lanterns. But if you haven't heard that story before, there's the story for you. Um, <clears throat> so that's the history of jack-o'-lanterns. And for another fact that's a history about Halloween in general, we all typically associate Halloween with the spookiness, the bats, the goblins, the ghosts, the ghouls, all that kind of stuff, as I said. But did you know that the history of Halloween actually includes a, a lot of romance? Um, it was often theorized that you would meet the person you're going to marry on Halloween. Um, of course, Halloween is very romantic today um, as well. But back then, Scottish girls would would hang wet sheets in front of a fire um, for the holiday to see images of their future husbands in the sheets. Um, young women would also peel apples, often at midnight, in one strip and throw it over their shoulder, like the apple peel over their shoulder. And the strip was supposed to land in the shape of the first letter of their future husband's name. Um, in America... Halloween was also known for bobbing for apples. There's not going to be a lot of bobbing for apples this year. I'll tell you that right now um, with COVID. There probably won't be bobbing for apples ever again. Well, I don't want to say ever, but it's kind of outdated. I mean, I think I bobbed for apples in like kindergarten or something, but I haven't really done it since then. It's kind of like an outdated thing. And nowadays it's just kind of nasty. But bobbing for apples was basically like a fortune telling game. Um, the first person to get the apple without using his or her hands would be the first to get married. 
Um, and often there was like this weird thing where like if you grabbed an apple and like you put your teeth in it, you got like an indent of your teeth in the apple. And the guy that found the apple, so you, so the woman would put the teeth in the apple, leave a teeth mark, leave the apple in the water, and then a guy would come, and whatever apple they get with the same tooth indent, that's like who they were supposed to like fall in love with or whatever. At least that's my understanding of it from my research. It's pretty fucking weird. Um, people always used to bake Halloween cakes with a ring on the inside, and if you get the slice with the ring in it, like, you would make the cake with the ring, hand out all the slices, and whoever gets the one with the ring would be married within a year. <clears throat> they also put a thimble in the cake, so there was a ring and a thimble. So, obviously, if you got the one with the ring, good luck, you're gonna get married. If you got the thimble, you'd be unlucky in love. Um, of course, there was all of this throughout Europe, America, um... Uh, sp specifically in er Europe during Victorian times. Um, and th yeah, there was a lot of stuff <clears throat> um, in the 18th century. There's a lot of stuff now um, going on. I mean, there's a lot of like Halloween dates and stuff like that. But Halloween has never been away from love. It's always been about romance as well as the spooky stuff. Um, like, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Halloween is romantic. Um... But yeah, I'm glad a lot of those, like, old-school traditions sort of died out. That wouldn't really go over well today, um, with the bobbing for, for apples for your husband and shit like that. Um, but yeah, just watch some spooky movies together, go to a drive-in, um, just do normal romantic stuff, take people out on days on Halloween. It's also very popular to get married on Halloween as well. Um, so Halloween's always been romantic, it's romantic for me at least, it always has been. Um, I love Halloween, I love hanging out on Halloween with my wife or, you know, my girlfriends at the time and stuff like that. Halloween has always been a great, great holiday. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. Even me and my wife give each other, like, Halloween gifts and stuff. But we'll actually get to that in a later fact that's coming up very, very soon. Um, so how did we get, like, trick-or-treating? Um, trick-or-treating, obviously, we do it today. Maybe not so much this year. I mean, trick-or-treating is a lot different this year. But, you know, you'd go walk around your neighborhood in a costume, knock on doors, and you'd get candy... Um, but how did this come to be? Because we talked about how the festival of Samhain started the nature of the holiday. Um, but trick-or-treating actually came from souling, which was during Samhain as well. Um, but it came from the act of souling where poor people would go door-to-door -door on All Saints Day looking for gifts in return for prayers for the dead or the recently deceased. Um, the ideas of the costume portion goes back to what we talked about with Sawin, where people would dress up in order to trick spirits as a way to blend in, and kids would dress up in these costumes, basically, and go door-to-door, -door, as I said, um, and they were given little gifts, they were given soul cakes, um, which were basically little, they look like the, um, what are they called? The, uh, the bread you get in the Catholic Church, like the little host bread. They look like those little soul cakes. Um, and yeah, they were given in exchange because the kids would say prayers for the dead um, of the recently deceased of the people that lived there. So how did like the tricks come into play? <clears throat> Those are the treats. How did the tricks come into play? Um, it's not the way that you think. And the tricks that I'm talking about aren't toilet papering people's houses, throwing eggs at windows and stuff. The, the idea of the tricks was actual magic tricks. 
It was magic tricks, um, performing little skits, little shows. The kids would like go into the people's yards or whatever, like in the town, in the village, out in front, and do little skits and shows and magic tricks and stuff. And in exchange for those, they would get candy. Um, but eventually, it turned into the trick-or-treating we know today, where it's you either get a treat or you get tricked. You get your tires slashed. You get a bag of poop thrown through your window or whatever back in the day. Um, people don't do that a lot nowadays, but that was like a big thing back in olden times. Well, I guess in Americanized older times once trick-or-treating got started, like the 60s, 70s, stuff like that. So you always had to hand out candy, otherwise you'd be at risk for getting some tricks pulled on you. Don't pretend you're not home and turn all the lights off. If you're home, you would have to give out candy. And if not, I mean, the kids would know, and they'd terrorize you, man. Um, so yeah, that's how trick-or-treating got started, through souling. And that's how the tricks got started. It evolved from magic tricks into vandalism. <laughs> but how did trick-or-treating become so popular? Um, that's how it started, but it wasn't really a thing for many, many, many years um, between souling and traditional trick-or-treating. Um, of course, in the 20s and 30s, there was a little bit of it going on, but trick-or-treating really got popular um, in the 50s and um, around that time period. Um, and what was what made it so popular, especially popular with kids? Um, as always, what do kids like to watch? And what do kids like to read? Kids like to read comics, at the time at least, and kids like to watch cartoons. So if you were wondering where trick-or-treating really became popular, it became popular because it was marketed to kids and all of these things. Um, some of the most prolific um, things that popularized trick-or-treating was a... Disney cartoon, simply called Trick or Treat. Um, it's a really fun Halloween short following Donald Duck and his nephews. You've probably seen the short. It's like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. One of them's dressed as a devil, one's dressed as a ghost, one's dressed with like a little witch or wizard's hat. Um, and Donald Duck's a grumpy old man refusing to give out candy on Halloween. And when his nephews ring the doorbell, he makes a point to fill their bags with dynamite um, and yeah, he, shenanigans ensue, I don't want to give up the, uh, I don't want to spoil the entire short for you guys, if you guys have Disney+, Plus, you can go ahead and watch it, um, but Donald Duck, he's kind of like a Scrooge in this situation, he's pissed off about Halloween, doesn't want to deal with it, and it really popularized Halloween at the time, but another thing that popularized it, perhaps even more than that cartoon, were comics, specifically the Peanuts, in 1951, there were several comics, I think it was like three or four that were released, of the Peanuts trick-or-treating, and yeah, it really popularized Halloween, like it's crazy to think about how influential cartoons and comics were at the time, I mean, they're very influential now as well, but to really usher in a tradition of Halloween that we still do today, and keep it relevant to come from cartoons, it's crazy. Um, and our, our next fact, fact number nine actually has to do with Charlie Brown, the Peanuts, like we said. And it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. This is the first year, 2020. This is the first year, basically, since it was released, where it has not aired on television, in any station. And the reason I bring this up as a fact is I just find it mind-blowing 
that every station on TV, hundreds of stations, thousands potentially, not one of them is airing The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown this year for the first year in forever. Um, if you haven't heard of It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, for some reason, if you're living under a rock, or if you're a kid this year listening to this for some reason, and it's not on TV this year, and you can't watch it, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Um, it's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. It is a very, very classic Halloween cartoon starring the Peanuts, um, of course, popularized in the comic we just talked about. It's from 1966. And basically the premise of it is <clears throat> Linus, I think it's Linus, he wants to see the Great Pumpkin. Christmas has Santa Claus, Easter has the Easter Bunny, very popular characters, but Halloween doesn't really have one like specific character associated with it that like comes and gives you treats. So Linus is convinced that there is something called the Great Pumpkin. So instead of going to Halloween parties, instead of doing this and that, he's sitting in this pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin to arrive on Halloween. And that's the premise of the short. It's very heartwarming. It's very low budget. It adds to the appeal of it. Um, it's just a really, really classic story, really classic animation. And it's really a shame that it's not being shown this year. I'm sure you can get it somewhere online. Um, I'm sure, like, there's a streaming service that might have it, or maybe you can rent it on Amazon or something if you wanted to check it out this year. I have it on Blu-ray, but that's one of those things where, like, it's just kind of, like, heartbreaking that it's not being aired this year. Um, so I just kind of wanted to bring it up. Like, 2020's been a fucking mess, but don't fucking mess with Charlie Brown. Um, if they don't show the Christmas special somewhere this year, I'm going to be pissed. Even though I don't watch TV, but, you know, like, it's just one of those things that's, like... How are you not airing The Great Pumpkin? How It's like a Christmas going by and not airing The Grinch. Like, it's just a classic. Like, how, like, if they don't air The Grinch this year, there has to, I mean, I'm talking the Boris Karloff Grinch, not the Jim Carrey one. I don't care about that one. You just gotta show these classics, man. Like, these things need to live on for years and years to come. I understand that they want new programming out there and stuff, but I don't think it's replaced with any new programming. I mean, it's not like there's any new Halloween specials coming out this year. I mean, what? I'm gonna, I, need, I need to look this up. How long is the fucking Great Pumpkin? 25 minutes. So a half hour with commercials. You're telling me you don't have a half hour time slot on fucking NBC or fucking 31 Nights of Halloween or whatever on fucking Freeform? You don't have a half hour to play the Great Pumpkin? You're high. Like, that is insane. You don't have a half hour. If I had a TV station, half hour block for The Great Pumpkin. Give it its respect. <laughs> but yeah, as we said, Peanuts popularized Halloween trick-or-treating. And speaking of trick-or-treating, we're going to get into some strange laws in some various states surrounded around trick-or-treating for our 10th fact. Um, there's a lot of them. So, like, there's a $1,000 fine for using or selling silly string in Hollywood. Um, the product has been banned in Hollywood since 2004 after thousands of people would buy it on the streets of Hollywood from illegal vendors and vandalize the streets all over the place. So the city ordinance calls for a $1,000 fine 
and or six months in jail for use, possession, or sale and distribution of Silly String in Hollywood from 12.01 a.m. on October 31st until midnight on November 1st. Any other time you can, any other time is fine. On Halloween, if you're using Silly String, you could probably go to jail. Um, in an attempt to decrease robberies and crime on Halloween, Walnut Creek, California banned masks without a permit, so if you live in Walnut Creek, you're not allowed to wear a mask on Halloween. I'm sure that's different this year. I mean, you can wear your uh, your COVID mask, but you can't wear like a gorilla mask or a witch mask or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're not allowed to wear a mask without a permit in Walnut Creek on Halloween. Um, in Belleville, Missouri, it's illegal to ask for candy if you're over the age of 13. Um, so yeah, if you're 14 and above, you're not allowed to go trick-or-treating, so sorry about that, Jared. <laughs> Don't go to Bell Mill, Missouri. Um, in Dublin, Georgia, it's illegal for anyone over the age of 16 to wear a mask, sunglasses, or any other facial covering on Halloween. Again, bad news for Jared. Um, so yeah, you can't be dressing up. Like, even adults, like, taking their kids trick-or-treating, like, the adults can't wear masks and stuff. The kids can um, but any sort of responsible, respectable adult over the age of 16, not allowed to wear any sort of masks. I mean, I get it. I mean, I understand the reason behind that. It can be kind of strange, um, and it can be, you know, kind of threatening. It could be like, I mean, people don't want to get robbed or whatever. I mean, you never know what's going to go on. There's a lot of wackos out on Halloween. Um, and the last one I have written down, there's again, there's tons of crazy laws about Halloween. Um, but these were all like from the same article. Um, so I took these down. I think this was from like Business Insider or something or one of these websites. I don't know. But in Alabama, it's illegal to dress up as a priest or a nun on Halloween. My wife is actually dressing up as a nun this year. Um, but it's a good thing we don't live in Alabama because it would be illegal. For fact number 11, Halloween is the date in which Harry Houdini, of course, the famous magician, illusionist, entertainer, he died on Halloween, very appropriate for his spooky soul in 1926. Um, it's said to be caused by a ruptured appendix, but there's been multiple contradiction reports around the mystery of his death. So it may not have been an appendix. It could have been something far more sinister, um, because as we said, Harry Houdini, one of the big, big magicians at the time, probably the biggest magician of the time. Um, so maybe there could have been some darker forces at play rather than just an appendix. But who knows? It could have just been a freak coincidence. Um, so we're going to plow through these next few facts pretty quick here because um, they're kind of short, except for the last one, the last couple. Um, Halloween for number 12 is actually the second most profitable holiday besides Christmas. I mean, obviously people are spending money on costumes. People are going to haunted houses. Not, I mean, not, this is with the exception of this year. Um, haunted houses, um, going down to Halloween horror nights at Universal. Um, and as I said, my wife and I, we spend money getting each other Halloween gifts every year. Um, this year I got her like a candle. I got her so I actually got her two sets of Halloween gifts because I got her Halloween gifts and I gave them to her right at the beginning of September once the weather started changing and stuff. I got her a bunch of stuff and then I got her a bunch more stuff. So I actually spend more on Halloween gifts for my wife than I do on Christmas most years. 
Which makes sense because it also it says that men spend more money than women on Halloween. Um, so I guess men are just more into spending money on Halloween. Men might be more into Halloween in general. I don't know why these statistics are the way they are. But apparently men spend way more money on Halloween than women do. Um, I don't know if guys just like going to haunted houses more or what. But the men are, their wallets are getting pretty thin this time of year. Maybe not this year, but for the most part. Um, again, buying lots of candy, going to haunted houses, buying ridiculous costumes, making your own costumes, which can get pretty expensive at some times. But yeah, Halloween, very, very profitable holiday. Halloween is struggling this year, as everything is. Um, we'll see. Christmas will be fine, because people will order their gifts online and stuff. But Halloween, it's more about going out and doing stuff that makes it profitable. Like Christmas, it's spending time with your family, sitting around at home. But Halloween, it's all about going out and partying and having fun. So Halloween really struggled this year. Um, so another fact that's current to this year is the full moon happening on Halloween is actually really, really rare. Um, people associate the full moon with Halloween, just like we associate witches and witches. I said witches twice in a row, I just think. <laughs> um, witches and ghosts and goblins. The full moon, you always see it on Halloween, of course, with werewolves and stuff like that. But actually having a full a full moon on Halloween is really rare. It only happens a few times per century. Um, of course, we get a full moon maybe the day after Halloween, a few days before. But at actually following on October 31st is very, very rare. And it just so happens that 2020 is a full moon on Halloween and Halloween is on a Saturday. So it's really unfortunate that it had to be 2020 and it just fucked everything up. But, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But full moon on Halloween is very rare. 2020 is an exception to the rule because there is a full moon this year. I don't know if it's the only full moon in my lifetime. I think there was another full moon on Halloween. Maybe, I don't know. I, I guarantee there's been another full moon on Halloween in my lifetime because I remember hearing about it back then as well. But it's not as common as one would think. Um, something else that isn't very common on Halloween is having your birthday on Halloween. Of course, there's 364 other days that you can have your birthday, so it landing exactly on Halloween is actually quite, quite rare. But there are a lot of old wives' tales about babies being born on Halloween. Um, so this article is from Romper.com, um, and we're going to talk about some of the weird coincidences that could happen if you're born on Halloween. So if your birthday's on Halloween, some of this stuff may apply to you. Um, a baby born on Halloween will have a second sight. Um, this is perhaps the most commonly known Halloween birthday-related old wives' tale, is that those born on Halloween um, have a second sight, basically. Um, the author learned this from her grandfather, the warlock, another Halloween baby who once predicted that a woman several cars ahead of them would turn left at the next intersection, he was right. So basically, you're able to, like, see into the future, or you're able to have good guesses about the future if you're born on Halloween. Um, a baby born on Halloween will be immune to evil spirits. Um, so yeah, spirits won't affect you if you're born on Halloween. You have a special connection to them, but it's unlucky to give birth on Halloween. So it's not so good for the mothers, but it could be good for the kids, with some of the stuff going on. Um, a baby born on Halloween can read dreams, so you have the ability to know what people are dreaming. You have a, the uh, ability to, to decipher 
what your dreams may mean and what other people's dreams will mean. And um, there's also another one. You'll curse your baby if you give birth on Halloween. So again, that's more about the mother than it is about the baby. A baby born on Halloween will be able to communicate with spirits. So not only are they immune to spiritual activity, like they're not going to be haunted themselves, but they are able to communicate with the spirits. And it's the best time to announce a birth on Halloween, apparently. And they might be a king or a knight if they are born on Halloween. So there's a lot of cool stuff to be associated with being born on Halloween. I, of course, was not born anywhere near Halloween. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more stuff other than just this. Um, but that's all that was uh, in this article on romper.com. Um, but yeah, so being born on Halloween means a lot of different things. And so for our last fact, fact number 15 is Halloween is celebrated almost all over the world. Um, I alluded to this earlier, but Halloween is not just an American and European holiday. It's celebrated all over the place. Um, it's called different things. It could be on different days. It could have different meanings. But the essence of Halloween is still there. Um, it's celebrated all over the world, but in different forms. We, of course, have our version here in the U.S. and Canada. Mexico, of course, has the Day of the Dead, um, which is a multi-day holiday involving family and friends gathering around to pray and remember those friends and family members who have died. Um, everyone knows about the Day of the Dead. You've seen the parades. You've seen the costumes. Um, hopefully, you've seen the film Coco, very fantastic Pixar film about the Day of the Dead. Um, yeah, everyone knows about it. I'm going to butcher um, this next one. The pronunciation of it. Um, but yeah, one, one last thing on the Day of the Dead. Um, it's typically a celebration more than a mourning. Like, a lot of people think Day of the Dead, and you could just assume it's like this sad kind of day, but no, they're celebrating the dead. Um, they're celebrating all the good times they have with their family. Again, just like Sawin, or like back then, like it was a big celebration to celebrate life and the, the lives of those who have passed on, rather than being dark and stuff. It's very colorful, very happy. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. It's ten Che? I don't know how to pronounce it. T-E-N-G-C-H-I-E-H. -E or the Lantern Festival is the Halloween festival in China, where lanterns are shaped like dragons and other animals, and you hang them around your house in the streets to help guide the spirits back to their earthly homes, um, to honor the deceased loved ones, family members leave food and water out by the portraits of their ancestors. Um, so similar to like Day of the Dead and stuff, it's about celebrating the dead, leaving offerings out for the family members and friends who have passed on. Um, I wish that we did more of this in America. Like, I wish that it was more of a remembrance of the dead instead of just costumes and partying. Like, I wish we had more lighthearted, like, fun, family-friendly, like, celebrations where we celebrate our family members and stuff. I, I really like that quite a bit, um, doing that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so... Halloween celebrations in Hong Kong are known as Y-U-E-L-A-N, Yulan, or however you call it. I Again, I'm terrible with all pronunciations, even English pronunciations. It's not like another language thing. I just really suck. Um, or the Festival of the Hungry Ghosts, as it's known, during which fires are lit and food and gifts are offered to placate potentially angry ghosts who might be looking for revenge. So this is like the opposite of the spectrum a little bit. So the other one's celebrating the dead, and this is warding off the evil. Um, 
But in many countries, such as France, Australia, Halloween is not celebrated because it's unwanted and an overly commercial American-influenced holiday. So some countries fucking hate Halloween. If you live in France, Australia, amongst others, I'm sorry you guys don't like Halloween. I understand it's very, very, very highly commercialized, but as I laid out during these 15 Phenomenal Facts, it's very, very much more than just that. There's a lot of different things about Halloween. Um, so we'll just go through the facts one more time. Number one, um, it's derived from the Festival of Samhain. Number two, it's still the Wiccan New Year. Number three, Halloween got its name from the Catholics, um, the derivative of All Hallows' Eve. For number four, we used to carve pumpkins. Uh, we used to carve turnips instead of pumpkins, I'm sorry. For number five, we had the story of Stingy Jack. For number six, the history of Halloween includes a lot of romance. For number seven, we talked about the history of trick-or-treating, otherwise known as souling. For number eight, it was popularized by cartoons and comic strips. For number nine, The Great Pumpkin is not being aired this year. For number ten, trick-or-treating has a lot of strange laws throughout the United States. For number eleven, Harry Houdini died on Halloween in 1926. Number twelve, the second most popular holiday of all time, second only to Christmas. Number 13, a full moon is very, very rare. Number 14, being born on Halloween can be a little spooky. And number 15, it is celebrated all over the world in various different cultures, religions, backgrounds, everything. Halloween is a worldwide phenomenon, except for a few countries that hate it. But I would say if you're from those countries and you've never celebrated it, give it a chance. It's my favorite holiday. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening and watching. Thank you for sticking with me this entire month. Again, I don't know how long this has been going, but regardless, I will see you guys tomorrow for the last episode of the House of Horror, the Two Nerds Halloween Havoc special. And again, if you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my channel, turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos over on YouTube. If you give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I said Apple Podcasts already. Um, I'm not on Stitcher, um, Pocket Casts, wherever the hell you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on the Anchor app itself, no matter where you're listening to this podcast, Subscribe to the show if it lets you leave a rating and a review. Please do so. It helps me out tremendously. Spread the good word about the show. And I will see you guys back on the internet tomorrow for another episode in the final episode of the House of Horror. So as always, you guys, take care. Stay spooky. Happy Halloween. And peace.